0: This program contains techniques and exercises that can cause physical injury. Individuals involved in the production and those demonstrating their skills assume no responsibility for any injury or damage resulting in the execution of techniques and exercises presented herein.
1: have any doubts in my mind because I'm the best in the world. Even though a lot of you don't like to hear it, I just—it's fact. I'm the best. You know what I mean? I sometimes I don't want to believe in myself, but it's the truth. I'm the best.
0: Enough with the formality. I think we all know what time
2: it's time for the IC Robots show with your host, the Champ IC Robot.
0: Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is Megan, the champ. I see robots, and I'm still not a hero, but I, I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every—well, just about each and every week to make your week a bit less week. And this week, I think it is going to get so much less week. We got, we got just like a ton of fun stuff ahead of us. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about—we're going to talk about cake, man. Who doesn't like to eat some cake? It's going to be huge. Let me, uh— let me find this new jam from DJ Iceberg I got here on the drive. All right, hold it now. Hit it.
1: One for the trouble, two for the time. Come on, y'all, and just rock this. Can you uh, tell us what it would be like to be in a full-fledged, uh, body-oriented, surf? Well,
0: it really isn't a typical
2: session, but, um... A session where there's some body work, I may encourage that person to take a postural stand, I may encourage that person to move in a certain way, I may encourage that person to take a postural stand, I may encourage that person to move in a certain way, and I may encourage that person to really breathe in different parts of their body, and I would focus in the areas where the most tension is being held. You are
1: listening to the IC Robot Show jock and punch a clock while we rock the spot. And we're heading to the top from the runs we pop.
0: That much is something I know to be true. We are for sure heading to the top. But if we're not, if we're not there already, this is me, Icy Robots and I am back on the Jupiter Moonbase back on the mend after, after turning my ankle to dust. I'm back. We, we are, well me and Emily, being we, are in the, uh, we're on the moon base cafeteria right now, hanging and clanging, getting some lunch. She's, a. Uh, She's drinking, like, a lubricating shake. That's what, that's what, uh, she ingests every once in a while. I, I don't know, I kinda, I kinda think she does it just to be friendly with me. I don't know how often she needs it, but we are here. We're sitting. There are, there are some of the miners from the, uh, from the dilithium mine down the, uh, down the way. We're, we're all here. We're in the cafeteria. You might hear them banging around in the back. It's nice, it's nice to see somebody else, but, uh, Emily, man, what's up with you? I haven't seen you in a while. What's going on?
2: What's new? Lots, dude.
0: Like what? Like what's going on?
2: Like a lot. That alien dude we met the other week. I talked to him.
0: You talked to that guy? When did he bump into him again?
2: He came back around to get another burger.
0: Yeah, those burgers are pretty good. He
2: liked them. Anyway, he told me that his family was captured by the current army.
0: The Corinthian army? The same ones that took you hostage way back in, uh, episode number 100 of the good old TRU-RPT? The one- the one that captured you and forced you to fly a fighter plane for them, like, way back in the day? That Corinthian army?
2: Yeah, the same ones, dude. Do you think there are two Corinthian armies?
0: I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there's more than one. I don't know.
2: Just listen.
0: Okay, okay, I will.
2: His whole family has been captured by them. His wife. His kids and his father, all enslaved on Neptune.
0: On Neptune. What are they doing on Neptune?
2: They are being forced to build weapons in a factory. It's awful.
0: That's that. That sounds terrible. I feel so bad for him. Has has he? Has anybody done anything? Has anyone? Has anyone tried to help? Has he? Has I don't know any anything.
2: He's tried to get them back twice, but he can't get near the planet to save them. They have too many ships for him to do it alone. I think we should help him. <sighs>
0: Emily, how, how can we help?
2: How can we help? Dude, how can we not? I think you're right. Of course I'm right. What are we going to do? Just ignore him and let his family die.
0: No, Emily, I, I totally agree with you. Don't don't, you don't, have to, don't don't get angry at me, man. I'm, I'm on your side.
2: Okay, yeah, sorry. It just makes me really mad. The current army is the worst.
0: What do you think we should do, though?
2: What should we do? I don't know yet, but we have to do something. I'm going to have to figure out some sort of lightning strike rescue arc type deal. I'm also going to have to dip out the Callisto Flyer with more arms and defensive tools. We are not ready for something like this but we have to be. When the current army took over my planet all I wanted to do was save my friends but I never could. It killed me to have to run away but I couldn't be used as a weapon by them anymore it hurt too much to hurt people.
0: Emily, you can't feel bad about that. You did what you had to do. They used you as a fighter pilot. That's not something you ever wanted to be. You never wanted to hurt anybody. Your, your only choice was to run or to become the thing that you hated the most. You didn't want to be used as a war machine. It's, it's completely understandable. You can't, you can't let it eat you up inside.
2: I know and I know you are right, but it still hurts really bad. I miss my planet and I miss my friends. I need to help this alien, dude. It's like the only way that I'll ever be able to put any of this behind me. It's going to get hairy, though, dude. If you don't want to come, I understand. You might die.
0: Well, uh, you know, I sure don't want that. But, Emily, man, I got your back. You've been here for me for years. We, we're we friends. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes, man. I'll, I'm going to go. We'll do it. We'll, we'll save these people. We'll be... We'll be space heroes. It's gonna be great. You're- you dude can't die. Don't worry about it, man. I'm- I'm like- I'm invulnerable. You know, I'm- I'm- I'm like made of steel. Don't even- don't even worry about it.
2: Don't be so flippant, man. This is real. You could totally die. The minute you think you can't is the minute a laser goes through your midsection. I'm not going to let you come with if you can't understand that. I can't have your death on my hands, dude.
0: Yeah, I, you're right, you're right, I, you know, I, I, it's, it makes me nervous, I have to admit, it makes me nervous, I, I don't have the combat experience that you do, sure, back in episode 100, we rescued you, and sure, we've had a couple fights with space pirates and stuff, but I, I don't have that kind of training or that kind of experience, I'm gonna go with you, I'm gonna help you, we're gonna do what we have to do, but I, I get nervous, and I just, I don't know, I make jokes as a way to just, just try to, try to be less nervous, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: I feel you and I get that but this is no laughing matter. The current army is ruthless if they capture us will wish that we were dead. They'll put us to work making weapons or even worse.
0: Even worse than being slaves? What could be worse than that? I, I'm not sure I want to know.
2: You don't want to know, dude. Let's worry about that later. We have a lot of work to do before then. Let's get to it. The movies it's about that time.
0: Yeah, you're right. Looks like we are up on it, uh, Emily. It's been fun. This has been great. It's nice, nice catching up. We got, we got a lot of things to think about. We got a lot of planning. We got a lot of work ahead of us. But uh, I think that I think that this is probably uh, the right thing to do. You, you're great. You always I don't know. You're 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 my moral compass, Emily. So. Let's uh let's move ahead into the show right now. It's that segment we all know and love. That segment known as At the Movies.
2: Following in the footsteps of Ebert, Siskel and even that dude named Roper. It's At the Movies with See Robots.
1: I don't want to be dependent on anybody. I just want to be able to take care of my grandma. These Wall Street guys.
0: You want them drunk enough to get their credit card, but sober enough to sign a check. Uh, help, this is my
2: husband! I was born to flex. Yes. We didn't do anything
1: wrong. Is he dead? You know, Tony wouldn't let this happen. I'm gonna text him. Who gave her her phone back? Tickets available
0: now. We went to see Hustlers on a Monday afternoon, Monday at 1240, if that, if that matters, I don't know, I guess I like to, um, I like to set the scene, I like to, uh, I like to let you guys know exactly what it, what it, what it's like, we, we were sitting up in the top on the side, I like to see it's on the aisle, I don't know, I want to be able to escape in case something happens, we, we were alone in the theater, well there was like two other guys, like wait, 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 wait down in the front. This is all going to come into play later in the, uh, in the review. But at any rate, Hustlers is a movie that stars Jennifer Lopez and, uh, Constance Wu as a couple of strip club employees who, well, they hustle. They hustle a bunch of Wall Street guys out of a, out of a ton of money. The movie was based on a magazine article that, that was published in 2015. It, it, It had a lot of traction. I actually remember hearing about this story, but what, what happens is they start off as strippers and they, they're making good money. The economy's good. Economy and stripping probably go, they go hand in hand. People probably have a lot of like extra money and stuff, you know, when, when things are going good. But, uh, when, when there's like a wall street crash, everything comes tumbling down and these These gals are used to living the luxe life and they, they want to keep it up. So they, they come up with a scheme in which they, they drug guys and then they, they take money off their credit cards, more or less, is what, what goes on. This, this was a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. It wasn't quite as good as I thought it would be. I've been hearing a lot, a lot, a lot of really great reviews and I thought it would be dynamite, but it wasn't dynamite. It was, it was maybe like an M80, you know, like a quarter, quarter stick of dynamite, but still I did enjoy it. the, the main draw for me coming into this movie was it was kind of the big movie debut of Lily Reinhart, who is Betty Cooper on Riverdale. I love Riverdale a lot, and I think that um Lily Reinhart is a is a really great Betty Cooper, and I wanted to see if she had a, had like the movie star quality. I I think that she's really good on the TV level, and I wanted to know if she could compete at the big, at the big movie level, and... I'm not really sure that she did in this movie, which isn't to say that she's not going to in the future. But at this time, I I definitely felt like she didn't have that kind of shine that like a J Lo has, like a Jennifer Lopez has. I gotta I gotta say this Jennifer Lopez I think is like 53 years old, and she is an amazing physical specimen. She she exposes a lot of her physique in this film. She's playing a stripper. There is a lot of a lot of that, and she she looks amazing for somebody at that age for somebody at any age she looks phenomenal I don't know if she's a uh, maybe she's stacking some juice or something I I don't know I think about that sometimes like JLo looks insane right and her her uh are they married yet her her beau her beau Alex Rodriguez was a known um steroid abuser in baseball so I wonder if he's like hey uh hey Jenny from the block I know I know something that uh you know might help you to keep those uh keep those muscular arms, but at any rate, that's neither, that's neither here nor there, I, I did enjoy this movie, it kinda, it kinda flew by quickly, which I, which is always, like, a good, a good sign to me, I thought that, I thought that J-Lo put in an amazing performance, I've heard there is some Oscar talk, like, a Best Supporting Actor nomination, and I don't, I don't feel like that would be unjustified, she, she really put on a top-notch performance. I've only, I've only ever seen a couple J.Lo movies, but I don't know her as a great actress. She was really good in *Out of Sight*, the Steven Soderbergh movie, and she was really good in *Selena* way, 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 way back in the day. But in this, she, uh, she really brings a lot of heart. She brings a lot of, a lot of something to the, to the character. She's not the main character in that. The. The commercials kind of lead you to believe that she is the lead, but the the lead of the film is actually um Constance Wu who she's she's stripping to help support her grandmother and stuff. All these all these ladies are you know, they're, they're dancing on the pole to, uh, do something positive. And I, I, I myself, I've only, I've only ever been to a, uh, a gentleman's club once. I went on a, on a bachelor party type occasion and I, I thought it was interesting and I thought it was kind of fun, but it's not, it's not your boy's choice of atmosphere. I, I have, um, I have empathy for people, I feel for people, and I'm just like nobody wants to be doing this. Maybe they want to be doing it a little. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lump everybody together, but this isn't the kind of career that people people aim for. And I, I don't know. It made me feel weird. The whole scene made me feel weird. I, I can understand how people are into it, but I, I don't know. But uh, let's see. the The movie was it was an hour forty, which to me is like that's a perfect movie length. I think that um at that that lengthier. You're still into it when it ends, which is always nice. It's always nice. The movie was directed by uh, Lorraine Scarfarfia, who I I am not familiar. Let's let's take a look. She has not directed a movie that I am familiar. Oh, she directed Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, which stars a uh, Cat denning, What's his name? The uh, the kid from uh, Scott Pilgrim, Michael Sarah. That was that was a good one. That was way back in 2008. That was 11 years ago. That I saw that movie over at the Summerfield Cinema. Weird. That's weird when you look at something and you're like, 11 years ago? That's, that's craziness. Before we, uh, before we get to the mics, let me, let me just tell the, um, the story of the atmosphere. So we're in the movie, we're sitting there, we have nachos. I, I like to get nachos instead of, um, popcorn lately. But uh, we got our nachos, we're sitting there, everything's going great. When all of a sudden, like, I'm not even exaggerating, like, eight. Like, 8, 12, or 13-year-old girls came into the movie. And this is, this is something I cannot stand. I hate it when people come into the movie late and they use, they use their cell phone as a flashlight to, like, find their way. I get it, but you can, you can wait a second and just wait till, like, some light happens on the screen and find your way. I, it drives me crazy. And there's, like, all these girls with their flashlight cell phones, like, walking through the movie. And then they all, they sat right next to us. The whole thing is empty. The whole place is empty. And they picked the seats directly next to our seats. And, like, for for the rest of the movie, they were just, like, talking and giggling. And I'm like, why are you even in this movie? Why aren't you in school? What are you doing on a Monday afternoon seeing Hustlers at 12 in the afternoon? Who sold you these tickets? You're obviously 12. This is a movie with, like, naked dudes, naked chicks, all kinds of drugs, all kinds of stuff. Who sold you these tickets? What's going on? I'm like, after a while, I looked over and I go, hey, can you guys turn off your phones? You're driving me bananas. I'm trying to watch the movie. And they go, oh, I'm sorry. We didn't realize, sir. We're really sorry. And then they were actually nice enough to, like, turn off their phones. I... I don't know why they didn't think they'd be bugging, like, the people who are watching the movie. But, I don't know. You gotta... Sometimes you gotta let people know that they're being scrubs. And I... I did do so. Weirdest thing ever. They they were in the lobby when we were leaving, and I'm like, these kids are like 10 or 11. What are they doing out? I don't even, I don't even know. I intentionally go to the movies at these times, so I get to avoid kids and dorks and weirdos and loud people, rather, but, uh, I don't know. Everything doesn't always work out the way you want it to, uh, you want it to in the end. Let's Let's get to the mics. So, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to go ahead and give Uslers a solid three Three mics. Three mics.
1: The Jeffersons, Alice, and Trapper John, M.D., will return next Sunday at their regular times on most of these stations.
2: This gonna eat Five of them.
0: Of all the foods, in the world of foods, and there are many foods out there. The most festive of all the foods is the cake. We use the cake to celebrate birthdays. We use the cake to celebrate anniversaries. We use the cake to celebrate just about everything. The cake is a very, very, very important part of our life. It's an important part of our culture. It's It's a delicious way to celebrate something that we want to commemorate. And I, I myself am not so much a cake guy as I am a pie guy, but I, I cannot deny the importance of the cake. So right now, right here today, I am going to go over my top five favorite cakes of all the worlds of cakes. Man, there are just so many, so many delicious varietals of cakes. It was hard. It was impossible. To limit them to only five, but I managed to do it. It took days. It took weeks. It took years for me to finally fine tune this list to the uh, the point that I was able to present it to you. It's it's important that I get it right. I gotta I gotta properly represent what the cake means to the world. I can't I can't sell it short. I can't half step. I can't. I can't do any of that stuff. If you're going to do something, you got to do it right. you got to do it all the way. So, with all that said, with all that ruminating ruminated upon, I am now going to begin the top five cakes of all the time and space. Number five.
1: Today we're making one of my all-time favorite cakes, German chocolate cake, named after Samuel German, not the
0: country. It is the most tender, amazing, like, delicate chocolate cake. It just melts in your mouth. But it's sandwiched between these insanely delicious layers of, like, a caramel toasted pecan coconut frosting that is just beyond the beyond. Let's get started. I, like just about everybody else in the universe, love chocolate. I love chocolate cake. The only way that you can improve upon a chocolate cake is by making it a German chocolate cake. A German chocolate cake is amazing. It It is your typical, everyday, delightful, fluffy chocolate cake. But on top of it, you get this layer of coconutty stuff that's just, it is It's amazing. I know that the coconut is a divisive fruit. I know some people love it. Some people hate it. I, myself, I adore it. I love everything with coconut. I love mounds. I love coconut cream pie. I... I love a straight coconut. Give me a coconut, poke a hole in it, stick a straw in it. I am, I am a happy guy. My favorite, my favorite thing on Gilligan's Island was when they would make something out of coconuts. I love coconuts so much that I want a Gilligan's Island coconut radio with a coconut headset. I, I just love a German chocolate cake. I just love a coconut. I, I don't know, man. I, I cannot express my love for this cake. It is just amazing. I I think there was a period where I had a German chocolate cake for my birthday for maybe a good 10 years straight. I I cannot express my love for this cake in words. It is just amazing. Over Over at the Safeway, where we shop every week, over in the bakery section, they have a cooler where there are individually sliced pieces of cake, and one of the cakes they always have there is a german chocolate cake and there are many a fridays where i go home with a piece of german chocolate cake which i will sit home watch TV, drink some milk, and enjoy. It is an amazing cake. It wasn't only up until recently that I that I learned that the cake was invented by somebody named German, and it was not, in fact, invented in Germany. I was thinking, you know, with all the evil Germany's done over the years, they've at least given us the German chocolate cake, so they gotta, they gotta get some credit for that. But now that I've discovered that they had nothing to do with it, I turned my back on the whole country. I turned my back on the whole place. But I, I will never, not never, Turn my back on a slice of German chocolate cake. It's just so, so delightful. I, I don't know. When I started doing this list, I initially thought the German chocolate was going to be number one, but then when I started, I started digging in deep. I started thinking about it a lot. I actually discovered four other cakes that I think are better. I was, I was gobsmacked. I was flabbergasted. I was blown away. I never, not never, not never thought I would say, there are four cakes better but there are let's uh let's move forward and discover what is the next greatest cake of all the world of cakes number 4 coffee cake this incredibly moist could only be called Sara Lee in fact it's so moist so irresistible uh-uh, there's never a crumb left behind nobody doesn't like Sarah Lee getting up in the morning it's hard to do some days it's impossible but one thing that is able to get me out of bed with a smile on my face is knowing that there is a coffee cake waiting for me. Coffee cake is just about the best thing that you can eat in the morning. Some people like their bacon. Some people like their pancakes. Heck, some people even like their grape nuts. But give me a piece of coffee cake and a cup of coffee and I am on cloud nine. No, I'm on cloud 10. I'm on cloud 11. It is just the best way To get your day started. It is a dessert for breakfast. Just absolutely fantastic. I love the fruit kind. Heck, I love all the varietals of the fruit kind. I like the red kind. I like the purple kind. I like the yellow kind. I even like the cheesy kind. Coffee cake is fantastic. I love that it comes in like a small aluminum pan. I love that you can get them at the grocery store in the same area that you can get the bread. I I don't know. I have had coffee cake since I... Since I was a young Sprat, my family were big coffee cake purveyors. It was always, always, always in the house. And I love... I love how it comes in a long rectangle and you slice yourself a nice little piece as opposed to your typical cake, which comes um, frequently in a circle. And you cut yourself a triangle. I like the small, long rectangle of a coffee cake. I like how you can rip it in half, dip it into your morning joe, and just... Get your day started right. Nothing beats starting your day with a breakfast. That's probably why so many varietals of breakfast foods are in fact desserts. The coffee cake is not alone in this. Your pancake, when you put the syrup and you put all that stuff, almost becomes a dessert. Most of the delicious kinds of cereals out there are a dessert. Heck, there's no other way To look at cookie crisp than to call it a dessert. It's a bunch of cookies floating in milk. So in that sense, the coffee cake is perfectly placed as part of your morning. Also, the coffee cake's an affordable treat. You can go down to Safeway right now, get a coffee cake for like $3.50. You can't beat it. For the enjoyment that you will get, that $3.50 is well spent. You got one coffee cake, it's maybe like a foot long, you can get... I don't know, you could get 12, maybe 15 pieces out of that. What also makes it great, you can have it at night. I've come home from work after a hard day of cleaning the vents up here on the uh, Jupiter moon base, and I've cut myself a slice and had it with uh, a 7-Up, and it's great, a diet 7-Up. I don't want to, I don't want to overdo the calories. Your guy's health conscious. Your guy's, your guy's a fitness nut. I don't want you to think I'm chugging down a full strength soda eating a full-strength piece of coffee cake, even though I have, in fact, done that many times. I don't, I don't want you guys to know. But, um, it's, it's all right. Every once in a while, it's okay to indulge. And if one is going to indulge, a nice coffee cake is a great way to do it. Let's, uh, jump ahead and find out what cake could possibly be better than the morning Coffee cake. I know it's hard to believe, but there are in fact a couple more that are
2: number three. Ice cream and cake and cake, ice cream and cake and cake, ice cream and cake. Do the ice cream and cake, ice cream and cake. Do the ice cream and cake, ice cream and cake. Do the ice cream and cake, ice cream and cake. Do the ice cream and cake. With
0: Baskin Robbins cakes, fun starts at only nine ninety nine. The number three cake. Of all time and of all space is the ice cream cake. It wasn't up until just like a couple years ago that I ever had an ice cream cake. Up until, up until then, I wasn't sure what an ice cream cake even was. I thought that, I thought it was like a piece of ice cream with like, I don't know, frosting on top. I thought it was all the way ice cream all the way through. But it is, in fact, cake with ice cream on top. If there is a food that is more festive than the cake. It is, in fact, the ice cream. So when you combine the two together, it is the perfect festive mix. It is just so great. I, I am not one that often goes for the mixing of food. But if I had to mix foods, mixing ice cream... And delectable cake is one that I am going to, in fact, do. What I think makes the ice cream cake so great is that you store it in the freezer. Because, obviously, the ice cream will melt. But in storing it in the freezer, the cake becomes denser. It becomes frozen. It becomes hard. So it takes a bit of effort to bring your fork through it. And it just, it adds to the soft sweetness of the ice cream. I... I love an ice cream cake. I love it so much. I also think that, like, not having had one up until the recent times makes it seem all the more exciting. It's like, every time I have it, it's like the first time I've ever had it. Because the first time was only maybe two, maybe three years ago. I don't know why it took me so long to get down with the ice cream cake. But then, one year, 2.0, wanted one for her birthday. And I was like, heck... I'm down, so we went to Baskin and Robbins, and we picked her one, and when I I first got my teeth into this delightful piece of Swede, I, I was like, where have you been all my life, baby? How did I go so long without having you? How did I possibly survive life without the sweet, delectable ice cream cake? It's crazy. I don't know how I did. I have no idea how I made it so long. Without an ice cream cake. I, I just cannot explain how great the melding of the cake and the ice cream with the frosting and the sprinkles and all that stuff is the the varietals of this cake they have over at the Baskin Robbins are endless. They have one that is your normal sheet cake. It's you know the the rectangle cake with the ice cream and all that stuff, but on top there are a bunch of Of little ice cream cones that make sort of, make like a spiny, like a spiny surface across the top. Usually I think there'll be like six across the top of the cake with a scoop and a cone. It is just, just amazing. Some of the things they can do with cakes nowadays will really, really blow your mind. Cake technology is so far ahead of when I was younger. When I was younger, you might get like, you know, a standard birthday cake. And that was amazing. But all it is, is like cake With, like, fat frosting is essentially just big lumps of sugary fat. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not complaining. But the things they can do with cake nowadays, they can put ice cream, they can put cones, they can put sprinkles, they can put so many exciting things on. We're living in, like, the greatest time there's ever been. Man, cake technology is off the hook. Let's, uh, let's jump forward and find out what could possibly, I know it seems impossible. I know it seems beyond belief that there could be a better cake than this cake. But there are, in fact, two of them. It's shocking. Shocking, but, in fact, true. Let's go.
2: Number two.
1: Watch out for the zinger
0: zapper. I believe my zinger's been zapped.
1: Who can resist zingers? Chocolate, vanilla, raspberry with coconut and all with cream centers. Zap my zinger and I'll move your nose to another part of your face. Gotcha. So when you have delicious zappable zingers around, watch out for the Zinger Zapper.
0: The number two cake of all of time and all of space is the raspberry vanilla zinger. Topped with coconut. When I, when I first conceived this list, my idea was to have the, the number two entry be snack cakes, but then I, then I started to think about it, and I realized the world of snack cakes is far too vast. I can't, I can't just say snack cakes as, as, as an entry, because the snack cake world is so big. That you could do a top five on snack cakes alone. So I I kinda realized I had to narrow it down to what was the best of all the snack cakes. And to me, the best snack cake that there is in the universe is the Raspberry Vanilla Zinger. When I when I was a kid, and when you were a kid too, Dolly Madison would always advertise during the Charlie Brown specials. That's where that's where I first heard of zingers. And they, they seem delightful. They seemed delectable. I don't know if it was the grocery store that we shopped in or if it was the area that we lived in back in Oaklawn, Illinois, but Zingers were like, they were nowhere to be found. I would ask my mom when she went to the Jewel, I would say, please bring home some Zingers. I would love to have a Zinger. I was into the Zinger Zapper and all that stuff, but she would never, she would never bring them back. It could be that maybe she just didn't want to. Maybe she didn't want to get them, they're unhealthy, maybe they're expensive, I don't know. But I, I never not never had a zinger back when I was into the, uh, Charlie Brown, um, cartoon specials. I mean, I'm still into them today, but I mean, during the, like, the heyday. Of the, uh, Charlie Browns back when I was in Illinois. I never, I never had a zinger, and it always bummed me out. It wasn't until we moved to, uh, Santa Rosa, California that I was able to find one on the shelf. I remember going to the Safeway, and there they were on, on the shelf. The zingers. To me, they were like this, um, mythical treat. They were like something that I saw that I didn't really believe existed. I believe they existed, but I, I didn't believe that I would ever like, ever have one in my hand, and I remember when I saw them, I was like, oh my gosh, it's the, the, it's the Zing, it's the Zingers, I, I was was just, like, blown away, I, I first got the, the yellow Zinger, and I, I thought that was good, I liked it, and then I got the, uh, the chocolate Zinger, these are like, these are like the Zinger two-packs, my mom was willing to spring for one of those, and I, I thought that both of those were pretty good. I think they're far and away better than the Twinkie. I like the Twinkie. Don't get me wrong. I think Twinkies have um a an interesting taste. I think they're a very distinct entity and I enjoy them, but they they pale in comparison to the um to the zinger. but it wasn't until I got the red raspberry vanilla coconut top zinger that I understand the the true zenith of the zinger. This is an amazingly delightful cake. It's fluffy. It's sweet. It has coconut on top. I love coconut. It's red. There aren't enough red foods in the world, if you ask me. Sure, there's ketchup. Sure, there's all kinds of things like that. But as far as, like, red desserts, well, you got, like, the red velvet cake and stuff. And that's... That's fine. But they all... They all pale when it comes to the raspberry vanilla zinger with coconut. Just a... Just an amazing treat. I like how, um, they... They're very fragile, they're very soft they're very well fragile. fragile is the right word. When you get them they they kind of crumble and they sometimes fall apart. they don't they don't survive very well in the lunch. If you get one of these in your lunch, they're gonna get crushed by the thermos, they're gonna get crushed by the sandwich or whatever they they always come back like it's kind of like a, like a rolled up fist you know they do like a little ball but they they are amazing. I had one of these last week. I did a bit of I did a bit of cake research getting ready for this list, and I, you know, tried, like, a bunch of different cakes over at the Safeway, and I, I, I went out, and I got, I got all these different cakes, and I brought them home, and I tasted them, we had cake mixes, we tried different things, and I, I was like, you know, this cake, this raspberry vanilla zinger, it's, it is almost perfect, this is, this is like, all your life, you strive to create something perfect. If you create something perfect you can you can go to your grave, knowing that you have done so and the creator of the raspberry vanilla zinger can rest. they can rest, knowing they have given something to the world that will only bring the light that will only bring happiness they They can rest easy on a cloud up there in heaven, knowing. They have made the world a better place. Number two cake of all time and space, the Raspberry Vanilla Zinger. I, I don't know, man. It has to be an amazing cake to top that. You can hear in my words, you can hear in the vocal drone how much I love this cake. So it has to be, it has to be a special one. Let's jump ahead and see what is I See Robots, number one cake of all the time in space. <laughs>
2: And the number one cake of all the times is. Can you keep a secret? Sarah Lee has two treats that are so spectacular, everybody will think you've made them yourself. Strawberries and cream cheesecake. And cherries and cream cheesecake. Tell them you hand-picked the strawberries. Sarah Lee's strawberries and cream
0: cheesecake. And cherries and cream cheesecake. We'll keep your secret. And the number one cake of all the times is cheesecake. I love cheesecake so much. It is an amazingly decadent treat. It is... It's basically cream cheese, sweetened cream cheese on top of, like, a crumbled cookie crust with, a uh, whatever, whatever you choose to top it with. My favorite personal topping is, uh, canned cherries, the, the kind that you use when you make, like, cherry pie. I, I cannot get enough of these. They, they sell these individually sliced pieces over at the Safeway. And if I feel like I've been a good guy, if I feel like I've been a good boy, if your guy, see Robots, has been a good boy, he will treat himself with a piece of cheesecake at the end of the week. I always go for the kind that is cherries topped. They also have, like, a chocolate cheesecake. They have a peanut butter cheesecake. They are all amazing. But I like the plain cheesecake with the cherries. It is, um, just, just an out-of-sight treat. I think what makes the cheesecake so fantastic is... There are many things that make a cheesecake fantastic. The varieties of cheesecake, the variety of toppings. But what I, what I think makes it so fantastic is just how... Just how decadent it is of a dessert. It is essentially eating a block of cream cheese dipped in sugar. It is just. It is something that will stop your heart cold. It is only to be enjoyed on a week or an hour, when I've achieved my fitness goals. Every day, it is just so rich and so creamy and so great. They sell these these five dollar cheesecakes over at Trader Joe's that are they're out of sight. I I gotta. I got to avoid bringing him into the house because I will... I'll eat the whole thing in two days. I can't... I can't resist. I... I understand that man's history with the cheesecake goes back many, many, many moons. As far as I know, it was invented by the ancient Romans. And they... These guys knew a lot about decadence. These guys knew a lot about living a decadent lifestyle. And the... The cheesecake fit in perfect. If you're going to celebrate... If you're going to eat a cake, if you're going to eat a treat of this sort, you might as well go all the way. You might as well go all the way into a level of decadence that is unheard of. And the way to do that is to eat a cheesecake. Eat a cheesecake. Even even just a plain cheesecake is amazing, but if you top it with something, if you top it with strawberries, if you chop it, top it with just anything, it takes it to a level that is above and beyond. Anything that we are able to appreciate. I love a cheesecake. I love a chocolate cheesecake. I just, I just think it's so great. I don't have the words to, to explain what this, what this cake does to me when I eat it. I'm just like, I'm floating off into the clouds. I'm floating off into heaven. I'm like, my head starts to spin. I start to hallucinate. It's, it's just something, just something special to me. So there you have it, guys. The number one cake of all the time and all the spaces is... The cheesecake, but there are many, many, many delicious cakes out there. Let's let's take a sec and shout out some of the cakes that are great, but didn't make the list. I wanna send a big shout out to Birthday Cake. You're in the house, vanilla cake, you're in the house, cupcakes. Maybe on the deals, Nick. You are in the house chocolate cake. You're in the house, sponge cake, you're in the house, ring dings and ding-dongs you're in the house pineapple upside down cake you are in the house chocolate mousse cake you're in the house carrot cake you're not my favorite but some people like you so I guess you're in the house angel food cake you're in the house wedding cakes you're in the house if you want to go there banana bread you're in the house to all the cakes out there that make people happy every single day You're in the house.
2: You've done the impossible and made it to the final segment of the show. This is the part where I See Robots talks about stuff you bought, saw, or was thinking about. It's pretty random.
0: All right, it is me. And we are back, but I am back with a heavy heart. I am back with sadness on my soul because I have I have some awful news, dude. The The Summer Movie Awards for this year are going to have to be canceled. It's all my fault. 1,000% your dude. I foobarred the whole thing. Don't blame anybody else. I I was trying to get time on the Pooptronics satellite so that I could... So that I could patch in Carlos and I could patch in Gino Vega and I was gonna patch in Ferg, patch in Doug McCoy, patch in the Great Vic Sage and the Projectionist, and we were gonna we were gonna do the show. But I I got my permit in late and I wasn't gonna be able to get time on the satellite until late November, and by then it's not even summer anymore. It's winter. It's the dead of winter. We're all freezing to death. So I I decided that I was gonna have to take the hit, the punch in the face. The show was going to have to be put down for this year. But I still... I still have the nominees. I still have the winners. And I still have a surprise toward the end of the segment. But I I want to go over these really quick. Just to keep the continuity of the show going. This is what I believe the the fourth year in a row that we've done this and I want to I want to keep it all going even though it's not going to be the awesome production it always has been that's one of the one of if not the best shows of the year everybody seems to get a kick out of that it's fun to get the whole crew together see everyone hang out have the have the after parties with the champagne and the celebrities and all the award winners it's it's a dynamite time but sadly I foobarred the whole thing let's let's look into this a bit for best comedy I didn't I didn't think this was the best year for comedies, but there were there were a couple of good ones. I I broke it down like this. We're going to have four nominees in all of the categories except for Best Picture, where we'll have five. That is a special category. So this year we have Stuber with Dave Bautista and Kamal Nanjani, Book Smart with Caitlin Dever and Beanie Feldstein, The Long Shot which starred Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen, and then The Art of Self Defense with Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots. The winner in this category is... Let me... Let me open the envelope. The winner in this is Booksmart with Caitlin Deaver and Bernie Feldstein. Beanie Feldstein, I apologize. I I like this one a lot. It was directed by Olivia Wilde. It was the tale of two girls who just just graduated high school and want to try to do some, some bananas, some wildness before they... Before they have to head off to college. The movie was beautifully shot. Really well written. Had a ton of yucks. It was... It was Dynamite. I think it was a star making directorial performance from Olivia Wilde who who knew she had it in her dude. She um she is a true artiste behind the camera. I I like this one a lot. Big up to all three of them for putting this one out. That that category was going to go to Ferg as it traditionally does and I I apologize once again. And then we have one of the one of the big ones every year. The best summer horror movie. It's it's always a great time of the year for scariness. You get a lot of monsters, a lot of things like that. And traditionally, this one is done by Vic Sage and the Projectionist. But it even takes extra satellite juice to get down to the pop culture retro ram vault where those guys hang out. And the they weren't going to be able to get me until late November. Let's let's take a look. We have Crawl, the movie about the crocodiles in the uh, in the basement. Ready or not. That's the one where the girl who looks like Margot Roby gets hunted down by rich people. Then we had, um, we had Midsummer with, uh, Florence Pugh. That was the one where they go to, they go to, I believe, the Netherlands. Maybe it's Denmark. They go, they go over to one of these Nordic states and all kinds of, all kinds of terror ensues. And then we had 47 meters down, uncaged. That's the one where the girls get, um, they get trapped in a cave with, um, scuba gear and stuff. And they're, they're gonna suffocate. The winner in this category was midsomar i have i have reflected on midsomar quite a bit and i have kind of come to the conclusion that the movie the movie may be a masterpiece and i'm not saying that means i want to see it again it was really really unsettling really creepy but it was really really a terrific movie i i can't say enough good things about it dude i i, I was unsettled i was confused i was i was spooked i was all those things that you want in a in a movie like that, big shout out to Vic Sage, and my big shout out to Vic Sage and my guy, the Projectionist, who normally would have done that and they would have done it a lot better than me. Isn't that right, Sage? That's my that's my Projectionist. It's not it's not that great. But uh, you know who I have been working on, and I don't even know why. Well, I do know why. It's because uh, the movie has started airing on HBO regularly. I I've been working on Jackson Maine from A Star is Born, that was Bradley Cooper's character, let me, let me try this one on you for a second, I like, I love you, hold on one second, let me me see if I can get it, I really like your nose, it's in the way he says nose, I, I really like your nose, I want to see it up on a billboard, you have a beautiful nose, I, I don't have it down yet in any way, but I, I think that if I, if I, if I work on it a bit, I might be able to turn it into a Sam Elliott, which would be a bit more useful than a Jackson Maine in the, in the long run. Because all Jackson Maine's doing is doing Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott's his brother in the movie. Where, where were we? I, I apologize. I really like your nose. Um, I, I, I lost my place. We are at Best Supporting Actor in a Summer Movie. This is a, this is a good category. You got Margot Roby, who played Sharon Tate in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Then you have Jack Rayner, who was the boyfriend in Midsommar. Dude, dude Suffers a, a fate. Then you got you got Jake Gyllenhaal in Spider Man Far From Home. That was that was a good one. He played Mysterio. He really brought something to a character that I I hardly cared about except for the fact that he had a had a cool costume with a fishbowl on his head. Then you got Karen Gillan from Avengers Endgame. She was Nebula with a with the blue balled head. And the winner in this category. Let me. These are so sticky. Let me, uh, got it. The winner in this category, Best Supporting Actor in a Summer Movie, is Karen Gillan, who was, uh, she was terrific as Nebula. Man, she really, really, really brought some weight to this role. The scene where she reaches out and she holds hands with Rocket Raccoon almost brought a tear to my eye. It was, it was something when you have a girl who's bald and painted blue shaking hands with a cartoon raccoon and it can bring emotions to your to your eyes. You know, you know, you really, really got something. Big up to her for this. I, I think she's, um, an actor with some weight. I think she's somebody to, uh, to keep an eye on. Big up to my man, Doug McCoy, my dude. Doug, Doug was gonna be on that category, and I'm certain he would have done a better job than that. Doug, Doug's one of the best. We need some more crazy, creepy, cool movies, my man. I i am, um, I'm going through drawls. Let's, let's, uh, let's move ahead to the big two. We're at the big two. Best actor in a summer movie, 2019 for this one you got Tom Hanks, Toy Story 4. He was, he was amazing. Tom Holland, a pair of Toms, Spider Man, Far From Home. Then um, Florence Pugh, Florence Pugh for Mid So Mar, and the final, the final nominee Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and your winner in this category is Tom Hanks, Toy Story 4. His performance in this. Absolutely positively brought a tear to my eye. it was it was amazing. He's been great in all of the Toy Story movies and in this one he really he really brought it home, even though I do suspect eventually we will see some more toy stories. as far as I know, this is this is the final toy story. So big up to Tom Hanks, first time nominee, first time winner, and also another nice shout out to my dude, my dude Gino Vega. Who was all up on this category until I, until I pulled the plug like a punk. I got a nice surprise for you. This is the category that matters the most. The best summer movie. And I was able to, I was able to get a plug in the side of the satellite. And I got a connection to Carlos Peron from GeekFest Rants. We're gonna bring him on now. And we're gonna, we're gonna do it pirate style. We're gonna have my dude Carlos with the best summer movie. Let me, let me try to dial him in here. I... I think I got it He's over here. Disney World. All right, Carlos, go!
2: Carlos, take it away.
1: Hi, everybody. My name is Carlos Perón, and welcome to GeekFest... Oh, wait a minute. Hi, everybody. My name is Carlos Perón, and welcome to the Icy Robots Show. Today, we are going over the Summer Movie Awards, and we are going to be highlighting the nominees for the best possible summer movie of the year starting off our nominees we have avengers endgame this is one that i did see uh you cannot not see endgame if you're any kind of genre comic book fantasy sci-fi kind of person you know it's there Uh, this is a movie that not only is a good entry into the uh, superhero genre but it's the bookend more or less of this new renaissance of comic book films as far as the marble you know slate goes this is where everything kind of ends and we now turn the page after this so yeah this was a really good one i, I really enjoy seeing it recently got it also on blu-ray watching it all over again trying to delve into all the bonus extras second film is toy story 4 now unfortunately this is one i have not seen I've not seen toy story 4 third film is once upon a time in hollywood This is the latest film Quentin Tarantino. Did manage to see this one. Tarantino films are really, really uh, an experience. Even if it's not the best film, you're never really bored. That's one of the most amazing things about his films. They're so interesting and so rich that sometimes you just kind of overlook a lot of things. Uh, This one, obviously, full of 60s look and speech and locations and stuff like that. The actors are just incredible. So... This could be one of the good ones. Midsummer. Well, this is one of those uh, that I missed again. I know there's a huge buzz going around this. F- Final entry is Spider-Man Far From Home. Next entry into the Spider-Man franchise. We'll see where things go next. This one was pretty good, I think. I think it was pretty good. I, I, I would kind of rate it right there, you know, more or less with the last Spider-Man film. Much better, I think, than the previous incarnations of Spider-Man films interesting new bad guy introduced in this one not much of a mystery no pun intended that this guy turns into a bad guy but I guess if you're any sort of comic book fan you probably knew that ahead of time and the winner is Avengers Endgame Woo-hoo! well what do you expect it is the culmination of all of these MCU movies here with Avengers Endgame I kind of see it as the continuation it is not necessarily the culmination because financially it completely blew everything out of the water. Apparently, even Avatar finally got knocked off its perch uh, by the amount of money that Avengers made. So, financially and uh, you know, as far as success goes, I think it definitely deserves it. And when you look at the genre, the overall genre of comic book films, this was a, a great one. It was it was one of the best. Carlos Perone from GeekFest Rants.
0: Thank you so much. You can find Carlos every week at GeekFestRants.com. It's one of my... It's like one of my far and away favorite shows every week. It is so informative and it's so fun. Big shout out to Carlos. Let's, uh... Let's go back to the moon base. All right, we are back. We actually never left. I was just... I was just funning around. I, I did make a couple toy purchases I want to go over really quick before we get up out of here. The first one comes from a, uh from a hot tip from my dude engineer nerd at engineer nerd on twitter dude is uh, also the kingpin behind uh, tvandfilmtoys.com you might want to might want to check that out a lot of fun pictures of toys he uh he hit me up like i don't know must've been like a month ago and let me know that this this store before tuesday is that what it's called i i could never get it right tuesday morning I think what it is, Voices Carry, something, something of that sort. We have went over near where the Toys R Us used to be, and I, I tried to avoid that part of the town because it bums me out, but he, he hit me up like a month ago, and he said, they got a Stone Cold WWE Retro over there for like four ninety nine. and, hold on, I'm trying to get it, I dropped it. We, we happened to be over there, and we decided to, um, dip in there and check it out. I've maybe been there like one time. Before I, I just haven't been back. I don't, I don't know why. But um, I, I wanted to check and see if they had these retros, and they in fact still had them. And I right now in my have have a Stone Cold Steve Austin WWE retro that I picked up for four ninety nine. Just a, just a fantastic price. They had him, and they had Sting. I, I didn't get the Stinger. He's in the crow outfit. I like the uh, the blonde the Stinger, but I. I still might go back and get him if I, I don't know, 499. I probably, probably should have just got him. But a big shout out to Engineer Nerd. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pop this open right here. I've been, I've been wanting to pop this open. I've bought so far three of the new retros and I haven't opened any of them. I also have Brian Danielson and I have Nakamura. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him out. He comes on a nice black card with a picture of Stone Cold right there on it. The figure looks a lot I dropped it. I'm doing great. I apologize. He slid under the desk. Let me let me get him. I got him. The card has a nice picture of Stone Cold on it. Stone Cold's really glossy. I got him out. If you you turn his waist, he snaps back with a clothesline. It says he has an authentic superstar. Stone Cold Stunner, which is of course Stone Cold's finishing move. I like this figure a lot. I don't think it looks like him too much facially, but it it's obviously stone cold. He has a knee brace, which is which is neat. The knee brace actually is not molded into the figure; it moves around. I don't think, you, I do think you could take it off if you wanted to, but I don't. I don't want to. This is um a nice figure at a nice price, four ninety nine. I hope they. I really do hope they continue the WWE retros lines. These are the ones that are like the the Hasbro's you used to get in the late eighties and nineties. They're like four inches tall and they're they're plastic and they. They don't have a lot of articulation, the legs don't move, the waist can turn, usually they have some kind of superstar action, but they, they're cool, they have like a cartoony look to them. I like this one, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put them on my shelf down there on Earth, where I keep my retros. I have one shelf dedicated to babyfaces, one shelf dedicated to heels, the babyface shelf has like Hulk Hogan... Ultimate Warrior, I have The Rockers, I got guys like that. I have far more heels, though. I got Boss Band, Mr. Perfect, Demolition. I got way more heels. Let me, let me see. Stone Cold's gonna have a good time joining the babyface side down there. This past, uh, this past Sunday was sadly the final 14-8 flea market for the year. The 14-8's the big one put on by the, uh, Veterans Group, over at the Veterans Building, on, uh, four or five Sundays during the summer. The last one's a big one. The first one's a big one, where people have all their new stuff, and then the last one's the second big one, where everybody's trying to get rid of everything. Sometimes at cut rate prices. I was able to pick up a few, a few cool things this past time out. Amongst them was, uh, I got two McDonald's collector glasses. I got one with Grimace from 1977, and I got one with Mac tonight. That's that big moon face, that big crescent moon face dude. I like the I like the Mac Tonight one. I wasn't like a giant fan of him when he was around, but I don't have a lot of uh, collectibles with him on them. I I really like McDonald's glasses. I I use them. We keep them in the cabinet and we drink from them. You got to be really careful. You can only hand wash and you gotta you gotta make sure they're put in places where they're not gonna get knocked off. You can't be. You can't be all uncautious with these because they're, they're irreplaceable. But they're fun, they're fun to drink out of. This joins my, my shelf full. I got neat ones, I got Pac-Man, I got Star Wars, I got Star Trek. I think they're more fun if you use them. Sure, there's a risk, but, um, when I said these things are rare, that wasn't true in, in any way. There were zillions upon zillions upon zillions of these. When you break them, you can usually, you can usually find a replacement. The cabinet's usually, the cabinet's usually full and they're, they're inexpensive. Frequently, you can get them at the flea market for a dollar or two dollars, which is which is awesome. I also got a new lunchbox for my collection. Big shout out to Phil Carey, Internet's number one lunchbox collector. Big shout out to my dude, Phil. I got, I got Charlie's Angels from 1978, I think it is. I don't have it up here with me, so forgive me if that is incorrect, and I think it may be. I think I'm mixing it up with the Mac Tonight or the Grimace Glass. Rather. But I, I love a lunchbox. I love a metal lunchbox. And my favorite ones are from 70s TV shows. They seem so weird. I realize everybody watched Charlie's Angels. But these are, these are kind of like grown up shows. And it's fun. It's fun when you have a lunchbox from a property like that. I got one from Kung Fu. I got Six Million Dollar Man. I got Bionic Woman. I got Hee Haw. The 70s TV shows are my favorites. I got this for $10. It doesn't have a thermos. And it's not in amazing shape, but the guy wanted fifteen. I offered ten. We're both happy. I I put it down there with my collection. I, I dig a lunchbox. One of the things I like is when a lunchbox has two different pictures on uh, you know, each side has a different photo because it's like it's like you're getting two lunchboxes. You can turn it around and it's a completely different one, or so it seems. It seems like you have two Charlie's Angels lunchboxes. So that was, that was fun. I was pretty happy with that. Overall, the 48 was, it was good this year. I didn't score as often as I, as I have in the past. But, uh, I'm happy to get a lunchbox. Happy to get some glasses. I got some comics and stuff. I, I have a follow-up from last week's episode about the, uh, flea market in Sebastopol. I, I had sent them an email. They have a website that looks to be infrequently updated, like, like never, but they, they had an email contact, and I, I dropped them a line just asking when the flea market opened, and I didn't, I didn't get a response before we went to air, but I did eventually get a response from the Migley's flea market, and I want to I want to read that to you because I think it is uh, really neat and really informative. This is the Sebastopol Flea Market, which is called Migley's Migley's Country Flea Market. And I I shall now commence reading the letter. Hi, Icy Robots. The Flea Market was started in 1973. The Flea Market is on the property of Cal Migley. He bought it in the early 1950s and he built a house. The house is still standing, but not for long. You can see the house still there. It's near the parking lot. It's... It's demolished. It looks to have at one time been a beautiful, beautiful house. It's really, really neat, and sadly, it does look like it's going to fall to the ground any day now. Back to the letter. Cal was a carpenter, so he built 500 tables, most of which still stand today with little to no reconstruction. The adjoining property came up for sale. Cal would purchase it. Now about 20 acres, it's all flea market. He passed away in 1989. The property is still in the family. That's, that's really cool. Those tables are all still out there. And it's fun to learn the, the origin of how they got there. I was, uh, I was really, really, really excited to get this email. I wasn't sure that I would ever hear back. And I've always wanted to know. I wanted to know who's Migley, Who built these tables. All that stuff. And now I do. Sometimes all it takes is, uh, is reaching out. Sometimes it only takes putting your hand out there and you'll get what you need. Let's see. Is there... Is there anything else of note? I I'm not sure. I don't think so. We we talked about that figure, we talked about the lunchbox, we did the summer movie awards, we we met up with Emily in the cafeteria, we we reviewed some movies, we talked about cakes. I, I think that might be it. I think we might be good. I think this might be this might be the end. I I, I know not. I, I posted an article up on Vic Sage's new site popcultureretrorama.com i i should talk about this before we go when when the retroist folded vic sage grabbed the torch and took it upon himself to uh, find a home for a lot of these refugees from the from the retroist vault like like earl green flack Allison, me a bunch of a bunch of others and he's He's formed PopCultureRetroRama.com and invited me to take part. I, I've written one article as so far. I got um, at least a couple good ideas coming out. I I might flip the script and make this my new web home. The the problems with Facebook continues. Turns out somebody somebody has reported us for um, abusive content. I was able to get a hold of somebody in the site. ICRobots.com has been flagged for abusive content, so we... We're out. We're permanent band. The page is still there, but I can't I can't link anything, so I I don't know. It's no fun for me, but I'm having a super great time over at Pop Culture writ for Rama. The site is the Cots Pajamas. I it's fun, it's a good time. So make sure to check that out. Make sure to give me encouragement so I, I keep I keep posted over there. There's not going to be a new show next week. Next week's the off week, but there will be a show for patrons over on supportthereport.com. That's our Patreon site. I I'm going to put up an all new, all fun episode of The Audio Handbook of the Marvel Universe about Dazzler, everybody's favorite disco roller skating superhero from Marvel, Disco Dazzler, Alison Blair. It's a lot of fun, there's sound effects, there's music, you'll you'll learn everything you want to know about her and more and that's exclusive to uh patrons over on Patreon. You can get down with that for only like a dollar a month. It's not even it's not even all that expensive. I will naturally take more, but a dollar gets you in the door. You get like I think right now there's 49 different patron exclusive episodes. There's there's the POS, the patron only show. There is a this boring life about audio tapes that is never aired for the public. That alone is worth like a hundred bucks, it's amazing, I, I cannot recommend the Patreon that much, a dollar a month gets you it, you get an exclusive RSS feed that you can put right into your podcast software, you don't even, you don't even have to go to Patreon anymore to listen to stuff, so, please, please do it, it makes me feel good, makes me feel worthwhile, makes me feel like I'm not, like I'm not shouting into the wind, Makes me feel like there's somebody actually out there. Also, if you don't want to do that, you can you can help out by retweeting the, the link for the episode. You can write a post on Facebook. Tell people you like the show. Anything like that definitely, definitely helps. We need to spread the word. I think we're doing fun stuff up here, and I would like other people to know. So, please, Patreon, share the show, do all that nice stuff. I'm always here for you guys. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with... I think I'm gonna have a report of a comic con that we're going to this weekend. We're gonna we're gonna go see a panel with four or five members of the Warriors, the movie, The Warriors by Walter Hill about the gang from Coney Island. It's gonna be fun. Hopefully, we'll uh, get some recordings from there. I'm gonna do my gonna do my best, but you never know what the policies are. So until then, my guys, for Engineer Emily, for Carlos Perone, for Iceberg, for everybody out there in the world. If you don't know, now you know.
1: Because we only have one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? ELE. That's right, ELE. What does ELE stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody.
2: Right there up on the wall. Hi. If you've got a second, please drop by supportthereport.com and peruse all of the patron-exclusive content available to those who have the kindness, nay, the courage, to toss in a couple of bucks in support of the greatest podcast in the world, The I C Robot Show. It's well worth the time, and on an ethical tip, it's what Captain America would do. SupportTheReport.com. I may encourage that person to take a postural stand.